Hey everyone, welcome to Strength and Vulnerability, where we open up to our vulnerable similarities through conscious conversations with some of the world's most inspiring leaders. My name is Andrew, and my personal brand is Crypto Love Ninja. And as I travel the world, I continue to meet and connect with so many incredible spiritual entrepreneurs, coaches, artists, lightworkers, architects of the new earth, wizards, fairies, and you name it. So this podcast is a collection of these amazing individuals and their experiences in life and how they've navigated and expanded themselves into the vision that they hold for humanity. Because I believe by recognizing our similar experiences, we tap into the power of our emotions by feeling our connection to one another. When we show our vulnerabilities, we allow others to see deep within us where they can find evidence that we are all part of the same whole. In this recognition of oneness lies enormous strength. Hey everyone, welcome back to Strength and Vulnerability. I'm very pleased to introduce you to my good friend, uh, Cassandra, who is another friend that I met in Tulum. Um, we actually met at a, an event called Tribalize, which was this really cool regenerative summit. Um, and she's the creative director of a really cool project called Tierras and Nativas, which maybe she can share more uh, about that during our conversation here. But, um, but yeah, thanks for taking the time out to, to come talk with me and, and jump in on the podcast. It's such a pleasure to be here. I always enjoy our conversations about technology, about regeneration, about spirituality, community. So it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for bringing me on your podcast. Yeah, it's a pleasure as well. Um, so finally, we get to record one of those conversations and you know, allow other people to, to listen to it as well. So yeah, really excited for that. Um, and usually the first question that I, that I start off with with my guests to, to kind of open it up for you and steer the conversation um, is what is the most exciting thing or what are you most excited about uh, in life right now? Oh, wow. Um, oh, it's such a blessing to be able to talk about this. But the most exciting thing for me is the fact that I invested in my mission and in my dream. So like you mentioned at the beginning, I have a project here in the Riviera Maya, not too far from Tulum, and it's Tierras Nativas. And this is what I'm most excited about. It's really putting in all of my experience, my knowledge, my wisdom. And it's also a learning process into an eco-village or a regenerative community. Uh, we have the land and we've built the master plan. My background is in psychology and I've studied spiritual bodies of knowledge for my whole life because my mom is a Sagittarius and that's how I was raised. Um, astrology, spirituality. And so this concept of socio, psychosocial interaction is really interesting to me. And this is really what I'm curating in my project is the aspects of human nature and how we have an evolutionary process. So for somebody who studies psychology, that scientific background is really interesting, as well as 
personally having the experience of transformation through community living. So this for me is the most exciting thing is creating spaces where people can gather and exchange experiences, information, um, and transform, transformative experiences. Um, and I, I'm really excited to do that on a level where it's not just pockets of impact, kind of like if you would look at festivals or events, they're kind of these explosions of energy, right? Mm -hmm. It's like instant gratification, if you will. It's a really good meal, but I want to kind of spread this out into a lifestyle. And so how do we have that kind of lifestyle where we're interacting with people who have the same purpose and who have the same values? Maybe not exactly the same, but very similar. And we feel that energy when we connect with people in ambiances that we choose to go to, like where you and I met at Tribalize, right? We had a similar purpose and focus. And that's for me the most exciting, having it being woven into a lifestyle rather than it being something that we go on vacation for. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's like this new way of being and, and living and thriving and you know, conscious communities and being able to just be in that, that energy and that, that synergy. Um, that we create, you know, when people come together with a similar purpose or um, just a, a similar energy in, in themselves, right? Whether they maybe not even have a direct intention or purpose for being there, but if they're, you know, quote unquote, vibrating at the same frequency or resonating together, it creates this beautiful harmony that we can all feel. And, you know, we're used to this, like you said, at festivals or, you know, even going back before that, before like the festival age, like concerts, you know, you, everyone puts their attention on this amazing musician, right? And it creates this energy that everyone can feel. And just with mm -hmm. every single like stroke of a key or guitar, it's like, you know, you're like hanging on this thread of emotion and it's really mm -hmm. powerful, you know? And we can see how like, you know, media and governments have manipulated the same emotion. You're using like the fear side of it. Um, so there's definitely like this synergetic tie that we all have through, through our emotions and um, it's really cool that, you know, you're working on a project that's creating like a container for people to live inside of this, this synergy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I feel super blessed. Um, and interestingly enough for me, this emotional aspect, which you speak of is pretty new. I mean, like I mentioned, I have 10 years, maybe 12 years of studying Kabbalah since I was like 14 to 20 four, 25 years old, and then into community living and the regenerative movement and kind of these other aspects of spirituality, where I think emotion is kind of sidelined. And for me, it's, I feel like I'm in kindergarten and it's very liberating to connect to my emotional body. Because sometimes when we think of consciousness, it's still in the mind, it's still in the old system that we grew up with. It's how we're taught to analyze a situation. And that feeling component is what drives human connection. It's what makes you and I wanna have a conversation and people connect, or like you said, the concert, right? It's that emotion of like the unity and the power. I mean, that's not from the head. We don't feel power up here. We feel it here. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, so I'm curious, like, what is yeah any any emotion that's coming up around this project? Because it, it seems like it's it's something very big in your life, and you said it's you know you're mm -hmm. investing into like your life purpose. So I'm curious, just what emotions you're experiencing, uh, whether they're you know considered good or bad, whichever, uh, kind of on a daily basis around this this project. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind. Okay. So really putting myself out there. Um, Vulnerability. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you for, yeah, calling that out. So for me recently, it's been a process of detachment from the story which is again, that mindset, that personality of, oh, I'm creating a community. And the emotional process is excitement and fear at the same time, like they are holding hands and skipping along. Um, however, the fear has truly diminished as I've detached from the storyline and really stepped into curiosity. So this is kind of like that emotion and mind working together. And a really great key that I've come to find is experimenting, you know? So as to not give our fears this surge of energy and really play with excitement and that inner child part of ourselves um, is doing experiments. So when I'm bringing people onto the project, like my architects, um, we have a couple of meetings and we say, okay, like if we were to do this, this is how we would do it. And so we kind of experiment in our synergies together where emotionally I feel attached because I want the results. we come from a result driven society. So I want it to be a yes, you know, that excitement that comes in. But at the same time, I have to have discernment and I have to step away and say, well, maybe it's also not them. And maybe we're not fit. Like any relationship, we kind of have to have that, excuse me, discernment. Right now is not the time. Thank you. It's a show. <laughs> yeah, that's my, that's my um, puppy child, Ikshel, which is the goddess of fertility in Mayan. Uh, we are on Mayan lands over here in Mexico in Puerto Morelos. So it just so worked out. She's a Belgian shepherd. So she's European Mexican, just like me. I'm French Mexican. So I think we have a similar karma together. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so yeah, what I was saying is it's kind of like that discernment where I get super excited when I meet people who I align with, but at that same time, it's having a higher consciousness around fear, which is discernment. And that fear has really helped me to filter people through the project and not fall in love so quickly and go into the honeymoon stage and say, hey, we're gonna build this all together and it's perfect. Like, no, we really need to check this out. So in a way, I wouldn't consider it good or bad. I just think there's different levels of consciousness around emotions. And that's something that I'm diving into. So fear can be such a, a beautiful asset when we know how to connect with it and how to utilize it 
to our advantage, if you will. Uh, so yeah, I think that th those would be kind of like a, a good overview of some of my emotions around it. Well, thank you for sharing that and, and opening up into that. Um, and I love the way that you, you frame it and the way that you're using what would normally be considered in spirituality, like the negative emotion, right, of fear, but you're still able to consciously use that emotion, right? And it seems yeah. like, yeah, it seems like, you know, as much as we, we evolve and we grow, like we still have those emotions, you know, and I think the, the journey of, you know, healing and processing and, and is allowing to be just present with the current emotion and the situation from which it arises versus having emotions that are stored in the body from all the past, you know, situations, and then reacting from that stored energy. Um, you know, I think of like when, when I'm rock climbing or really, really any adventure sport, right. Where you have that fear and you're like dancing on this razor edge of tuning into that fear or being precisely in the present moment. And, you know, we watch these movies like, um, uh, what is it? Free solo or yeah. Free solo and the, the Alpinist you know, or there, and I'm sure there's other, you know, daredevil like movies out there, mm -hmm. but it shows you the extreme, you know, example of how we're able to basically harness that energy of fear and like direct our focus so intensely. Right. I mean, I don't know if, if, if you've, if you've seen the Alpinist or if the listeners have seen it, but if you mm -hmm. haven't, it's an amazing, incredible movie. Like I thought free solo was, was dangerous. Um, but I can't remember the guy's name in the Alpinist, but I mean, he, he, he on sites, these huge mountains, right. And then free solo, they, um, the, the climber thing and like practices route several times before he free solos it. But this other guy, like just on sites, everything like this, and it's, it's insane. And it, it um, yeah, it's, it's just wild, you know, but it's, it's the prime example of how we can use that emotion of fear to really drive us and really make us make um, just better decisions if we're you know, consciously using that emotion. Absolutely. I mean, emotions are, is just information, you know, and I think living in the, the age of information, we have the ability to tap into emotions in a new way. And just going to what you said, um, my personal trainer, my ex-personal trainer, unfortunately, uh, he was, he is a gymnast and was going to the Olympics from here from Mexico. And he would talk about this. He would talk about this fear that would come up before they would, before he, he would perform. And it was like, so scared. And it's like, every, he's been practicing for two years just to perform for like 30 seconds. And then he would have this switch of adrenaline where that fear actually became his power um, to be able to engage with the, with the audience and with the judges and with himself and with his body. And I was just very much impressed by hearing that because I don't think I've ever used fear to that level. Uh, I definitely am an adventurous person. However, scuba diving, like there's safety precautions with that. And um, yeah, hiking, things like that, you know, where I don't go all the way. Uh, I do like that viewpoint of pushing ourselves to the edge. 
I mean, if we want to look at it on the other side too, then it's kind of a way of getting high too. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the balance between utilizing it to push ourselves to a higher potential. Like you had said pre- previously, there's no such thing as trying, there's just doing. And so it's like, go for it, do it and see what you're made of. Uh, so I, I highly value that and also have fear around it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, there's a the whole, you know, saying of your, your comfort zone and the growth outside of the comfort zone and you know, that the comfort zone is like that edge of fear that as soon as, you know, the second that you're able to step over that, um, you know, you see success or you see, even if you see failure, you know, it's like, you're still learning from that. And that's what builds your strength, builds your character, you get the lessons from. So it's like, as, as long as we're always pushing into that unknown, and I've talked about this several times on, on my podcast, is like this inspiration that we have to do these things, this inspiration is coming from the same creative source that is, you know, fueling the sun right now, or spinning the earth, or, you know, growing the trees, or, you know, cycling the waters of the ocean. It's like, that's that inherent, um, inspiration and an inherent creation that's flowing through all things right so it's like it's and it's interesting to to kind of go deeper into that um of that dance between inspiration to do something and then the fear that kind of holds you back right and how you can actually transform that energy into the fuel to yeah to 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 do what it is that you're inspired to do and you know i i I feel like you know that i mean it's it's almost like the, the energetic surge that you get from rage or anger, right? If you're able to consciously control that and, and move that energy into, um, you know, into something more creative, right? Like even if you, if you look at like the chakra system, you know, and how we move the energy from the base of the spine, that's where the creative, the creative energy starts, right? Is, is at the base and we have to move it up into, you know, the higher chakras. One, maybe we can get into enlightenment purposes, but just for creativeness, right? just to move mm-hmm. that energy. And then there's also, you know, moving it back down and circulating it. But, you know, if we start with the red chakra, right? Like that's the root, that's the base. That's where the survival, the fear and the instinct is. And, you know, we, we cycle that energy up and then it transforms and transmutes into you know, higher frequencies or higher vibrations and turns into more creativeness, right? Have you personally felt that through your body and your chakra system? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean i could feel it right now if i just squeeze my little bonda i can feel the energy shoot up my spine so i had an interesting experience recently um i mean when i meditate of course i feel energy and i feel centered mm-hmm. uh i was doing a closing ceremony with my ex my beloved ex um Luckily, we really care for each other and decided to become responsible adults and do a closing ceremony together. And in some of our conversations that came up, a huge trigger for me was brought to the, to the table and I really wanted to escape. Like my fight or flight mode came in and I decided through the work I've been doing and the consciousness that I had that I wasn't going to escape this trigger. I was going to confront it, right? It's totally going out of my comfort zone, especially with somebody who I was just like, 
let's just get this over with. <laughs> I mean, even though we love each other at the same time, there's those two like angel and devil playing. And so that trigger came up and I decided to share with him that it actually this was very hurtful and it was a very painful space to go into. And I started crying in front of him, which I don't like to do. My personality, my ego doesn't like to do. But actually, we like to do that because we like to be held. You know, our soul, our mm -hmm. human side really does like that. And what ended up happening is that I was so sad and taken over by the trigger and the trauma that we had just presented. But at the same time, I started to feel happiness and joy and bliss that I was allowing myself to just be a human being which usually I judge and I don't allow when I like take that anger and I put it over here and I put it away and it's really well organized in different compartments. And this one was just like, take it out. We're going to play with this. And I felt that surge of energy of my sadness and then joy. And it was kind of like that double helix coming through me where as much as I was sad, I was happy and it was nostalgic and blissful. And so I've never felt that before. Uh, and I think that's the power of emotions where we can connect to that duality. And like you said, how do we harness that energy? And in that moment, I felt more alive than I have in a long time. And I think that's what emotions do. It's that poetic artistic side of being alive, being an ecosystem, being dark matter and light matter at the same time. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's amazing. Um, yeah. And I, I think I agree with you. I think that's what, what the emotions do. And the more that we're able to tap into the emotions, the more we're able to experience both ends of that spectrum. Um, and it's, it's wild or divine, I guess, because I had a very, very similar experience uh, with my ex. Mm -hmm. um, like the first time we like had any type of like breakup or anything, I had came home and she took like all of her stuff and she left. And um, I was just like kind of torn apart, but it was, I was coming from a place where I kind of stood up for, you know, being myself and like telling her the type of relationship that I wanted. Um, and she just, you know, it probably, it probably wasn't communicated in, in the most responsible way, but hey, that's, you know, it's part of this journey is learning how to communicate how <laughs> we happens. feel. Um, but I was just heartbroken when I came home and saw like what I created. And uh, I, it had started pouring down rain. This was, this was in, in, in Mexico. Um, so I was sitting outside in the jungle energy, just sitting under this rain, just like just pouring. And it just allowed me to release all my emotions and like just sobbing and pouring, um, you know, tears. And I was in this, I was literally in this physical position where I was kind of like hunched over, just like weeping, the best crying I'd ever done. And I was just allowing it all to come out. And it felt so amazing just to release and let all that emotion go. But there was like this point of um, once I had released enough emotion, realization of this higher feminine energy coming down and almost like cradling me under my arms and like picking me up. And in this moment, I'm like rising up. My eyes are kind of you know, pretty much still closed, but I can literally feel this, this entity like, you know, holding me and picking me up. And mm. I have this visualization of like my, it, it was, I don't know if it was me or like my masculine self kind of being 
pulled up by my feminine self, but it was some type of lower masculine figure being pulled up by a feminine energy. And it's like the feminine is like pulling, pulling him up and um, just kind of looks at him in the eyes with like, it's just this transfer of like love and acceptance. And it was just mm -hmm. this beautiful transmutation of energy from this low sadness to like this beauty of like this journey and what I'm going through is exactly what's going to make me me and make me grow into myself. And then I come into like this like beautiful meditation, like Buddha pose. And I can like, like in the palm of my hands, I see like the, the reality that I'm creating for myself. It was like a super psychedelic like experience through these emotions. Mm -hmm. And I, I was completely sober, mm -hmm. um, but it was wild. Right. And, and it was feeling this transmutation of energy. Um, so yeah, it's, it, was, it was amazing. One of the most amazing ex sober experiences I think I've ever had. And it came through a complete heartbreak, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, those are the places, right? It's in those dark spaces where we find the light. For me, when you're saying that, what comes up is the, that compassion came through because you were allowing yourself to be, and then you were also holding space for yourself. I think in, there's this weird dichotomy that I have in creating social dynamic culture where one, we need to show up for ourselves and two, we need to show up for each other, but we can't show up for each other unless we show up for ourselves. And I think like breakups and heartache and disconnection really allow us to see ourselves authentically because we're living with a mirror and we can't blame that other person anymore. And for me, that's been the biggest catalyst in actively participating in my life and not being reactive to another person's actions or words. It's like, this is, this is you, this is on you. It's so easy to become codependent. I don't even think we realize we can be so numb due to this desire of comfort. <laughs> you know, it's like, what is a relationship? What is marriage? Um, and not that I, I don't value that, but I, I question the integrity of our process to develop. Um, if you're not in a partnership that's challenging one another in a co-creative space, in a loving space. You know, I think that aspect, sometimes when we're triggered by another person, we get stuck in the anger and in the being right. And not in that thought, like you mentioned, right? That masculine and feminine side of like coming together to hold you into your next level. Yeah, yeah, that's really well said. Um, and I, I think it also, you know, comes down to the other areas of our life, you know, whether um, of, of those being in balance as well before we move into relationships. Because if, you know, we're out of balance in other areas, whether that's, you know, our inner spiritual work or our outer work, you know, whether that's, you know, our physical body or um, our business um, or whatever we're doing for income, um, if these different areas become out of balance, then it makes it easier for us to become codependent in those relationships. Um, and I'm, you know, not really big to speak on relationships that much, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I, I think that, I think that there's a lot to be said with, you know, 
being, at least for me, that's from my perspective, like that's my, my goal now is to really get a solid foundation um, in every area of my life before moving into my you know, next serious relationship. Because I just saw how not having that solid foundation was hindering me from really showing up the way that I wanted to um, in, in the past relationship. So, mm-hmm. which kind of brings me, it's a good segue into um, my next question, which is what is the most powerful self-love practice that you have for yourself? And how has that affected the life? Um, I love this question. Uh, I've been stepping into this space for a while. So it kind of plays a bit into my fears and vulnerability. So just a little background context. Uh, I grew up with two brothers and living in a patriarchal world as we do. So I've always been very attached to like the masculine energy. Uh, And like I mentioned earlier with Ixchel, my dog, she is the goddess of fertility. And I was actually going to get a male dog and I chose to get a female dog because I was devoted to connecting to feminine energy, something that I wasn't ever really taught. My mother's not the most feminine woman. You know, we've kind of like lost this lineage of passing down wisdom, man to man, woman to woman. They kind of just show us how to take care of ourselves, maintenance, our parents. And then school teaches us how to do business. And then that's like the end all be all. So the biggest investment and self-love practice that I do is participating in women's circles. It's fulfilling for me on the levels of connecting to my divine feminine, um, being vulnerable and sharing, uh, holding space for other women, seeing mirrors of myself in the stories that are shared. Oh, it's just, it's so powerful. Um, I don't know how I could possibly energetically explain this, but for me, it's really fulfilling because in a way, it, it empowers me to give of myself, literally share my experience, share my song, if it will. Like, it depends on what we do. Sometimes we just share stories. Sometimes we sing. Sometimes I drum. Um, we go into prayer together. We do tamascales. We just um, meditate together or, or study. But in those moments where... It's that interplay of sharing of myself, right? Valuing what I think is important and my story, um, my experience, and then at the same time receiving and holding space. Uh, I think it's that paradox, that dance where you're in service. And, or, well, I said, I should say I'm in service. You're not in service. Um, I'm in service. You know, being a good listener is so important in all of our relationships. And I think that's something that we can bring home to ourselves. Like, where are we good listeners to ourselves? So um, going back to the beginning of this process, I never listened to my feminine side because I was never taught to. And 
I kind of had this inclination and a lot of little messages throughout the last two years of connecting to that feminine energy, to the women's circles. And by doing so, it has opened up a much deeper connection with myself. Uh, so I think that's besides going to the beach and being in the ocean, that's like my most self-love practice that I that I do. And I just went to one on Sunday. We did a beautiful women's circle here in the jungle in Puerto Morelos. And I just kind of get off on, on, on hanging out with people who want to be conscious <laughs> and connect to one another. Yeah, it's a great one. I'm glad you brought that up. That's the the first um, the first time that that uh, you know circle has been brought into the podcast of anyone talking about a men or women's circle. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that they're I mean they're super powerful. It goes back to you know kind of what we started with with like the synergy and talking about community and you know concerts mm-hmm. and things like that. It's that same element of you know synergizing and having. Um, just with, when you break it down into men or women's circles, you have, you know, just that one um, energy that, you know, people can just kind of tune into and especially when it's done in a, in, a, in a conscious way. And, you know, the person that's creating the space is very good at kind of creating that container mm-hmm. and, you know, steering and guiding the conversation can be a very powerful experience. Um, I know it was for me for sure. And, and, and Saloon, that was the first, the f- yeah, probably the first real men's circle I've been to was, you know, the men's group in Tulum. And yeah, it's just... Oh, what did you guys do? Uh, well, we, we sat in a circle and talked about different mm-hmm. topics, um, you know, around whether dating or business or personal development. Um, yeah, just... just what, was, what was the level of vulnerability that you felt um, within that circle? Um, well, depending on the circle, because there's two different organizers in, and or at the time I was in Tulum, there's two different ones. Uh, both of them really good friends with. Uh, but yeah, depending on the circle, there was a little, just the container was set a little bit differently. Um, mm-hmm. But pretty, pretty vulnerable, um, especially for me. That's just like my, my, you know, great. It's something I'm grateful for, for sure. Just the characteristic that I have of just showing up as my pure self and just being mm-hmm. like, straight to the point. And, you know, before um, I was kind of in tune with energy and more, you know, when I was, I guess you could say less aware and less evolved in my journey, I kind of came off as a dick or an asshole because I was just very blunt. And, you know, now I've kind of progressed to the point, I think, I feel like that <laughs> I am become more aware of myself and how to, how to communicate and better at communicating. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I would just show up and just be very, very present and just talk about, that was kind of my biggest thing was like being, being present, especially when it came to like the dating conversations and relationships. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of guys struggle with tuning into that, that feminine energy and wanting to kind of impress and like this, the whole like dating world and, um, you know, hookup culture is basically, basically manipulation of emotions, um, which is, it's, it's extreme intelligence. Like I've, you know, read those books and I went through that phase there's a lot of intelligence behind it, but it's essentially manipulating, you know, a woman's vulnerability. And there's, it's, it's just perpetuating that old cycle, you know, of the, you know, of the masculine dominating the feminine. And it's, it's not, it's not obviously not healthy for, 
for our growth. But, you know, a lot of guys in the men's group, we kind of come from that angle. And for whatever reason, a lot of our conversations would steer back to dating and relationships. Um, mm -hmm. Cause that's the common issue, right? Like we're, we're all on different levels with maybe our business and our finances and our spiritual journey. But a lot of us are pretty similar when it comes to, you know, relationships. We're always going from, you know, one to the next. So we're social creatures, you know, I just yeah. think it's a beautiful example of that. We seek intimacy and connection. And this is part of the reason why I think circling is so important, um, where I see a problem in modern day society and let's say like relationships and that was kind of the main point that was brought up in your men's circle. And I found this because since I said I have two brothers, like I'm their confidant. I'm the person who they talk to the most. And where are men connecting to that feminine side if it's not just the person in their relationship? So you guys opening this circle is so important for you to show up for one another and be vulnerable together. I think there's too much pressure that we put on a relationship, on this one other person where they have to be our best friend and give us advice and share outlooks and purpose and why community is so important where we don't have these expectations on one other person. We don't put that many expectations on each other. Like you and I are really good friends. We don't have those expectations where I'm like, Andrew, why didn't you show up for me? Like maybe you're dealing with things. And then when you do show up, it's beautiful. But when we have a partner, it's this, that very intertwined, um, pressure that we're feeling from society so we end up putting it on that person and so I think to diffuse that energy these kinds of circles are really key we need to grow our support system you know and and to be able to do that we have to be vulnerable and we have to be um, curious and adventurous and trust that we are going to get so much more than meets the eye I mean you can't think about these things like I shared before. I mean, and you can share about your experience, but the, the energy and interaction that happens in the, in spaces, community spaces, it doesn't even have to be separate men and women circles, like our tribalized or, um, you know, parties, if you will, you can't describe it like, Hey, why do you want to go to a party? You know, as simple as that. There's so many reasons why we want to go. It's that unknown, that connection, that feeling, that desire, um, all the possibilities that are, that may happen. And I think that's really important to battle our crippling paradigm that we live in today, where individualism is kind of put on a pedestal, like, oh, I'm independent, I'm strong, I don't need anything or anyone. And it's like, okay, it's not a bad thing. You get so much more when you have friends, when you have community, when, I mean, if you look at business, if you have a partnership, you have more assets. Just like, if you want to look at it as simple as numbers, partnerships, more assets, it benefits the business. So where's that fear into bringing that into a social structure for ourselves? a healthy structure. I don't think it's that complicated. Maybe. <laughs> no, I don't think it is either. You know, it's, it, it's what we used to do, right? Like, you know, before technology and before 
um, you know, these isolated homes and neighborhoods, right? Like we all, when we were you know, more tribal, um, tribal creatures, like we, we sat in circles and around fires and it was just something we would do every night. Um, you know, probably because of, you know, resource scarcity or something like that, but yeah, it's, it's kind of like we're going back to that. We've, we've kind of evolved through our, our, our process of, you know, the industrialization, I guess, of, of humanity. And now we're circling back to, um, you know, figuring out how to use technology to actually connect us more and go back to our, go back to our, our roots of, um, of connection and, and gathering. Yeah, I like how you say that, roots of connection. Um, there's a word in Spanish that is convivir, which is to be in life, to be living, convivir with life. But what it really means is to have this interaction and connection. Like you said, the roots of connection. Um, it's about socialization. Like you say to somebody, vamos a convivir, like, do you want to like hang out kind of, you know, like, do you want to be in life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of this cultural norm uh, that is coded in words of connection and of circling. It's like, let's be with life together. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of romantic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's the feminine, right? We don't have to like structure our plans and do something like, you know, go out and do have a date or anything. It's like, hey, let's just, you know, share space and be together and see what, you know, kind of comes from, from that naturally. But yeah, the, the connection is, is huge. And I, I, you know, I really love that you brought up that as your self-love practice um, to, to, go mm-hmm. to, to go to those circles. That's, and it's a powerful one. It's very energizing. I mean, there's always kind of those triggers and the program that runs before you go in circle with people. It's like, no, I'm fine. I just want to like hang out with myself and decompress, but that's not actually what we want. We want connection. Mm-hmm. That's what we want. That's just kind of like our ego, you know, copping out and, you know, giving us a challenge I think a a healthy way of looking at this also, like the ego component is not that it's bad, but that it likes to challenge us. It's like, how badly do you want it? Like going back to that adventurous side, like how badly do you want connection? How badly do you want to like show up as a different person? So it challenges you and it's like, oh, there's this circling happening or this community thing happening. And so that little voice in your head shows up and it's like, Oh, no, no, no. I can't, I can't handle being there for other people or showing up as myself. Like what mask will I wear? And it's like, don't wear any mask, <laughs> just be yourself. Yeah. yeah. That's the vulnerability. And that's, you know, I, now that, and this is just now coming to me, but, you know, thinking back to the men's circles that I've, I, I attended, that's probably, I know it's a huge influence in what created this podcast because I saw the, the reflection that I would get when I would just show up and be vulnerable and talk about, you know, whatever mm-hmm. is coming up for me at that time and just yeah, not have like any, any shield or like worry about what other people are going to think about it, but just talk directly to the emotions that I'm experiencing. Or, and it was always a positive response. And, you know, other, other guys would, you could, you could just see how it just starts to kind of melt away the, the, the macho, you know, face that a mm-hmm. lot of people or a lot of men or even women too, but, Mm-hmm. You know, we put on as this masculine shield that 
um, you know, we don't have any emotions and, you know, these things, but so, yeah, it's, you know, it's vulnerability. And I think that's how we can connect. And that's you know, my whole intention behind this podcast is to drop into those vulnerable parts of ourselves that we're all basically the same, right? We all have those same emotions and we're all coming from that the same place, right? And we, we can see that in one another and we connect. It really empowers us to allow that side of ourselves to, to, to be more present, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think presence and vulnerability together allow us to find our destiny. Kind of, kind of like you mentioned before, like where your progression of being very upfront kind of had you with a label of an asshole, but then, oh, sorry, Dick, whatever. Um, and then <laughs> it uh, transformed oh, or transmuted into you being somebody who could really show up and share honestly and authentically. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what presence and vulnerability does is like allowing us to participate in our life authentically, honestly, saying, what is it that I really want to do? What's my true adventure, my present emotion? Like, what am I actually called to? And participating in life in that way allows us to have that evolutionary process. Because it wasn't like you had to change your gift. You have a gift. You just had to learn how to kind of dance with it a little bit better. You know, you just made your dance moves better and you practice and you put oil into it and love into it. And now it's flourishing or it's blooming into a flower that more people can actually nourish themselves from. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Appreciate it, I appreciate that beautiful, beautiful reflection. Um, And I think my next question, I think we've kind of, we've definitely danced all around it, but. I can ask it directly mm-hmm. and then, you know, you can share your direct response. Um, okay. But it is, what's the future that you're visualizing for humanity? And what can the listeners do to positively impact that future or that visualization? Mm-hmm. Okay. The future for humanity. Or community, you know, if, to bring it down to, you know, some more local to you. Yeah, I really, I I believe that it comes down to a shift of in paradigm thinking. Um, I would say like the stepping stone that I've come to understand is having a devotion to being present and also deprogramming ourselves. Um, That deprogramming will allow us to decide who we want to be. Um, we, the, I think the evolution is shifting from responsibility to empowerment. So being empowered to be ourselves, to be creative, to be co-creative and connected where responsibility sometimes has this very like somber feeling about it. Um, empowerment allows us to reach out and connect and so I'd say the evolutionary process is to feel excited and liberated about releasing things that don't serve us right these programs that are these ancestral wounds 
um, that our childhood childhood wounds that will allow us to create a foundation that's way more stable. So empowerment entails like your podcast is strength and vulnerability. Like empowerment is strength and vulnerability in balance. And you have to be able to go down into the shadow work um, to move that energy into a space where you can actually do something with it instead of it holding you down. So for me, I think it's really tapping into this spiritual technology and then practicing it. The practice part is just something that I don't know that humanity has actually been doing, Um, at least not in my reality. I think we've had many enlightened humans, or maybe they weren't humans, who knows what they were, beings um, bringing us keys, uh, which is this share with others, be of service, invest, which is kind of like a very similar aspect of what the regenerative movement is. Regeneration is you put in more than you take out. And it's the same thing as spirituality. Like if you look at the foundation of all spiritual, even religious um, theories, ideologies, it's about being of service and giving more. And that creates abundance for everybody. So to be able to do that, to be able to regenerate the planet that we're on and regenerate ourselves, we need to look at the things that aren't working and that aren't serving and that are actually harming us. And I think that's the evolutionary process of humanity right now. Um, I think we have the tools, we have uh, enough spaces to connect with people and support to do it. It's just about having that kind of willpower um, and a, a good character to move forward in it because it's not the sexiest thing, you know? Like our shadow work isn't exciting. It's not like, woo, this is so fun. But at the end of the day, it's going to be because it allows you to have so much more of yourself available to the things you want to do. It's like when you were six years old and you had all this energy to like run around like a maniac. Like I love little kids because they just run to everything. There's no walking. Everything's excitement. And like, that's us in our, in our real essence. It's like, woo, but we're carrying all this stuff on, with us. So we can't like really move on because we haven't let go. Um, yeah, I think that that would be like a super, super key component to success and our evolutionary process. I hope that made sense. <laughs> yeah, well, let's, let's sum it up. Um, so to, practic- to make that practical for someone that's listening, What's something that they could do when they when the podcast is over to 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 impact uh, what you're speaking to? Okay. You, you talked about releasing well, and letting go, and so yeah, just speaking to more specific, you know, practical practices, practice. right? You said you said you brought up practices, right? That a lot of people don't. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll say a couple of things uh, which have worked for me in my experience. Um, taking courses uh, in a diversity of backgrounds, uh, anagrams, 
I think is really great because it helps you to disassociate from your personality and it gives you a perspective on interaction. So check into some anagram work, uh, emotional intelligence. I think tapping into, into that, read a book on it. There's amazing podcasts on emotional intelligence. A, a course that I did on emotional intelligence was expand the box, which is what helped me to tap into um, the higher consciousness of emotion, which I spoke about in the beginning of the podcast. So that one is cool because you can, you start to use your body as technology to channel energy through it. Uh, those are really good practices. I think another one is system thinking, like take a permaculture design course, you know? It's not only about what's in here. It's about how we, this interacts with our world. So a permaculture design course anywhere, a social permaculture design course, go to Costa Rica, do it in your hometown. Um, if you're in Georgia, if you're in Florida, there's permaculture design courses around the world. And it's not so much about the permaculture design course won't only give you how to interact with mother nature. It's going to give you um, a new way of perceiving life, how an ecosystem works, how integration works, and how to think of solutions and not look at problems, but look at opportunities. So I think for me, it's key to look at ways to deprogram or reprogram, however you want to look at it. If you're reprogramming, it's like, what new programming can I put into this cool computer that I have here, which is called the brain and see if it works and have discernment around it. Like you make the judgment just because a million people think permaculture is amazing. It might not work for you. And so that adventurous side, be curious about Joe Dispenza. You know, Joe Dispenza has great content as well, but not one shoe fits all. So I think that's also a really important thing to carry along in your heart, you know, see what connects with you, right? Because you, even you and I, Andrew, like we have different practices and I learned from you so much. Um, but at the same time, we have, we have a different way. I mean, we look different, so we're obviously different. Uh, our technology works differently and how we download things works differently. Like the software that you need running within you is different than what I need. So yeah, I think that investment would be super key is like do alternative education to have an alternative lifestyle. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and thank you for, for sharing all those and for all the resources that you mentioned, uh, we'll be sure to put those in the description of, of the podcast and the episode. Uh, just to, for convenience for the listeners. But yeah, even when you were talking before, uh, when you were, you know, kind of going the long way and answer that you gave first, um, yeah. I, it, it made me think of the, this quote that's on my website by Edgar Tolle, which is awareness is the greatest agent for change. And if people mm -hmm. aren't aware of how their actions are impacting the environment or even impacting themselves, um, or how, if they're not aware of the other actions and the influences that, are, that they're receiving from the outside world is impacting and literally programming them, then you know they, there's no possible way they're going to change because you know, that awareness has to come first. And in all you know all the spiritual modalities, it always mm -hmm. leads with bringing awareness, right? The awareness is that leading edge, um, because again, going back to that you know intelligence that's you know 
fueling the sun and, and, and growing the, the, the earth and all these things, right? That's the same awareness. It's that essence of intelligence. So all we have to do is just allow that to lead and allow that to, to work its way through all the different places. And I think it's a, you know, a constant, a continuous journey, you know, because once we correct or maybe not correct, but once we, you know, evolve in this area of our life, there's always another area. And then, you know, as we, you know, move and scale the, the scale tips and things become out of balance. So we have to put our focus in different areas, but yeah, becoming yeah. more aware, you know, I being coming back every time I come back from Mexico and come back to the States, I'm just reminded of how much waste there that's created here. And mm. it's, it's insane, you know, and it's like, people just have no idea. And, and I feel guilty at times because, you know, just, uh, just going to the grocery store and like everything is wrapped in plastic and it's just like, it's just so hard not to create so much waste here, even me being aware of that. But for most people that have no, don't even think about it, right? Like, you know, out of a thousand people that go through um, a restaurant, I'm probably the first person to ask what type of to-go containers do you use? Like, and I, I just don't get anything to go if they use styrofoam. And, you know, yeah. most people never even ask that or even think about how, I don't mean, I know that because I didn't at one time, I had no idea. I never thought about how bad styrofoam was. And all they right. can do is just replace it with paper. Like it's not that hard, big of a difference. And it makes so much, you know, so much more of a, an impact with like, right. it's just those little things that people just, you know, don't even think about here. And, well, I think that goes back to like that empowerment and, I, and I'll mention a couple of other resources that wouldn't cost any money, right, to anybody, which I think is important because it's not just about getting information from the outer world. But um, I mean, sometimes I get weird looks, but I definitely bring my own containers to restaurants, you know, like I have silicone bags are great. Silicone is like a really good uh, polymer. So it is plastic in a way, but it definitely biodegrades way faster than, than regular plastic. And if you're reusing it, it's great. Um, even Tupperwares, like I'll just leave it in my car. And if I have to get it to go, I'll just go get it from my car, uh, which is reusing, right? Reusing what we already have. Uh, another, another resource that I wanted to share, uh, going back to your quote about awareness, right? So an untapped resource that we have for awareness are the people around us. And <laughs> it sounds horrible, but literally asking for feedback from our friends, from our family, from our boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, kids, that feedback is going to bring you so much information on how you can create shifts in your life. Like really, in a humble way, be like, wh where do you think that I could benefit? Um, what emotions or what characteristics that I have inhibit you from being yourself? Or do you think block me from being myself? And just mm -hmm. that question alone, people will tell you the truth. They've been like waiting to share, but wouldn't you rather have them share in a way where it's constructive instead of deconstructive? So like we shared about creating circles, I think creating spaces where people can really share with one another is key to figuring out how we can evolve. Those are our mirrors in our life. And the, these people are observing us and they love us. So they're going to give us amazing information for us to prosper. It's not like we want the person who we live with to not thrive. 
we actually want that. We just don't have the communication skills. And going to communication skills, it's the last one, nonviolent communication is such an important tool. Um, I think it goes a long way for psychology, for relationships, for business, in all sense. Let's be very careful, keen, and prudent with our words, right? Communication can give us liberty or it can make build us a cage. Thank you for sharing all of those and they're, they're all wonderful. You know, the, the, the proper communication is how we can, you know, move, progress forward, right? Without repeating the same mistakes and bringing up and repeating and creating more traumas in one another. Because we're, you know, we're emotional creatures. We're all different. We're also social creatures. So we, we desire for compassion. We desire for love and intimacy. But we also are different in the, the way we show up for that, right? So learning how to communicate those differences and those different feelings and those different emotions in a way that's, you know, honoring and respecting both people, right? I used to do this growing up, surprisingly enough, but we used to do it with my family, which was my first circling. Um, just to share like an example of how it could look for some people who have family is we would come together and we would, we were five. So we would share about that one person. So when it's my turn, every single person in my family would have an opportunity to share where they think I could show up better for myself. Like it's about me, right? How I can show up better. And then anything else that they may want to like resolve with me. So it's not about like judging that person, but I was really provided and mostly from one of my brothers. I remember he was always so compassionate and being like, Hey, I think you, some, you know, something that I've applied to my project, like I spoke about in the beginning where I don't get caught up in the vision and the illusion of the future and having that discernment because I used to be that person of like, oh, and we'll do this and this and this and this. And you'd be like, don't get caught up in, in the whole vision. Like figure out what are your next steps. And that was really good feedback that I integrated and now use in my business. Uh, so I highly recommend that for anybody who has friends or family. I think we're here to show up for each other. Yeah, I, I agree with you. For sure, they're definitely we're definitely here for one another, and uh, I think you mentioned it earlier in the in the podcast. The the more that we're able to show up for ourselves, uh, the more that we can show up for for everyone. Um, yeah, so so really really well said. Mm-hmm. Um, just just a couple a couple of cl- closing questions. Um, okay. What's the most impactful book that you've read? most impactful okay so definitely oh it's between these two I think it would be you can give both okay (laughs) thanks for the permission (laughs) well they're very similar so like I think the reason so it's many lives many masters which i read a long time ago i think i've already read it twice i should probably go through it again but like i said i studied psychology so this concept of therapy and being able to like go through regressions um and healing trauma 
is a really important component to this evolutionary state of mankind that we need to do. Uh, so Many Lives, Many Masters is Brian Weiss. And he is super, he comes from a very scientific background. He has like three different degrees in psychology at the beginning of this book. And he starts doing regressions on his patients. And it ends up happening that one of his patients pops into, regresses into a past life. And he's like, what is this? Like, this is not real. This is not science. You know, it's a past life. And so the book is a journey of the many lives and the masters that speak through these people um, when they're in a, in a state of trance and just overall universal wisdom, uh, very humbly put, very simple, digestible for anybody to read. And it comes from a mind that I think we can all relate to coming from the scientific uh, method, methodological background. So that was a great book. And the other one is similar. So I'll probably just chat about a different one, which is about collective trauma. And I'll have to get the author for you so you can put it into the writing and the description below. Uh, but the collective trauma, it's about deciphering collective trauma and I've definitely done the personal work, but I didn't realize there was so much of like group trauma together. Um, and so this therapist who also had a spiritual journey um, that they chose, not like Brian Weiss who didn't choose that aspect, talks about how when doing group therapy, people come, like we said, circling, come to a, a, a moment where they've shared so much, where they can actually open up energetically a piece of the collective trauma. And they just, it's really interesting because he's saying how they start crying at the same moment and they start to release. So there's an emotional and a collective aspect that I really like about this book, about how we can release trauma through emotional processes and how we don't have to do it alone. So I like those two and I'll give you the name of the second one because I can't remember the title right now. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll put we'll put both those books in the um, in the description for the episode. Awesome. Um, yeah, both of those sound like amazing, amazing books. I the second the second one, I, I'm not sure if we didn't, I'm I'm not sure if I've I've read of it or not, but I know that I've seen many lives, many masters and read portions of it, but I don't think I completed that one. Uh, but getting more into like listening to books, I seem like that's a much better way for me to, to go because I can listen to a book, you know, like five times right. a week versus reading. It takes me, uh, I, I, you know, I'd be ashamed to, to tell people how many books I've probably fully read in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. not many. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, I might share another one, one more book, which is um the it's called breaking the breaking of dawn and it's about it's about what we've been chatting about emotions and the technology of the body and it's about what the pleiadians say for our evolutionary standpoint on this planet earth so who's ever interested in that kind of topic can look into that yeah it sounds like something i'd like to look into because 
I got my Pleiadian. You uh, probably, you definitely are a Pleiadian. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Every time I look into the into the sky at night, I, my eyes go straight to the the um, the star system up there where the Pleiadians are. I think it's the the Little Dipper. What we call it? Your natural state. Yeah, you're naturally attracted to it. I yeah. think you definitely are. You have an essence about you. It's like a presence that is very loving uh, that I find in people who I feel like are from the Pleiadian star system and like powerful, you know? So it's this very powerful, but you still feel like held by them. You're not, I'm not intimidated by you, but I am at the same time <laughs> in a way. I'm like, whoa, I want to love you. And then you, like making eye contact with you, you're such a lovable person. So it's like, oh, okay, I can connect with you. Uh, yeah, so Pleiadian for sure. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, that's the first uh, style of comment like that that I've had, so gracefully received. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, and then my last question is, how can the listeners find you? And find out about your project, your, your, your awesome project that you're creating there. Right. So we're about to revamp our website, but for now, you can definitely check out our site, Tierras Nativas, T-I-E-R-R-A-S, and A-T-I-V-A-S. It's native lands in Spanish, tierrasnativas.org. And personally, my name is Cassandra Monteron. You can find me on LinkedIn or Instagram as casa c-a-s-a underscore maya papaya casa maya papaya that's my house where i live here in the jungle and the mangroves and i think that covers it yeah that's where you can find me cool. i don't have twitter so sorry for those super active twitter i feel like i should but i'm 30 and i don't have more social media accounts <laughs> yeah i think you're i think you're fine you know Maybe. I mean, if you feel like you need Twitter, I, would, I have one and I never, never tweet on it. I just always reading, you know, crypto stuff on there. But yeah, we'll put all those the links to our website and Instagram, LinkedIn, also in the description. So you guys can connect with Cassandra here if, uh, if, if you feel like it and she resonates with you. Um, yeah, awesome. It's been an amazing conversation. I guess another question that, that I, I have is, you know, just to allow you to, to give the space to you again, um, it would anything that you would like to wrap up with or share, um, or maybe a, a question that you wish I would have asked and you would have, you know, how would you have answered that? But really just kind of give you the floor for a moment to, you know, to kind of wrap up with the, the conversation here. Mm hmm I guess I'd like to share that my personal evolutionary process is about what we spoke, what we've shared today. It's this deprogramming and reprogramming. And if people really want to tap into this part of life, which is really fulfilling, um, it's hard work, but it's tapping into your core and your human experience, they should totally check out the project because what I'm building, and it's not just me, it's a co-creative process. It's a cultural human experience process 
where you'll have diverse um, choose your own adventure paths to connecting to yourself. And the reason why I say that is because as my closing statement will be, don't get caught up in like one way. You know, there's no answer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important and something that I messed up. Um, it was probably like my biggest failure as my, the younger version of myself is thinking this is the thing that's gonna give me the answers. And it's not true. You know, like all of us as adults are, are being, we don't got it. We're constantly participating in life and that's ever changing. There's no fixed thing. There's no right thing. There's no wrong thing. So don't give your center away to a spiritual study, to a, a business ideology, um, integrate and you decide and have that discernment. Cause I think that's really, really important. Uh, you create your own pathway and get feedback on it. <laughs> yeah. You support use your, your friends, communities, lovers, family. We're all on the journey together. Exactly. Exactly. I'm so happy. Thank you. I miss you. I wish you were in Mexico sooner than later, but I'm excited that you're doing this podcast and bringing information to more people. And you're, you're a beautiful human, Andrew. So I love you very much. I'm very happy you're on this planet. Thank you so much, Cassandra. It's so sweet for you to say. Um, Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for, for being a guest and for coming on and being vulnerable and showing up. Um, it's been a really amazing, enlightening conversation, um, you know, from your, your project and how that ties into your passion, how that's part of your passion, and how it's also part of this, you know, healing process for, your, for yourself and the collective. And uh, it's been, yeah, been really, really good flow, flow here for this, for this episode. And so super grateful for you as well. And I can't wait to see you uh, in Mexico in the next month or so um yeah we have an amazing conference for people who want to tap into the regenerative movement and social structures which is what andrew and i mentioned earlier where we met is tribalize so you can check out information on that on tribalize uh it's tribalize i-z-e dot life and we're gonna have a conference about regenerative communities and i'll speak there so you can also find me there um (laughs) And I'll be sharing about the project and about social dynamics and cultural dynamics. And I think it's a great opportunity for people who want to tap into this a little bit deeper and have practical um, solutions and more information. So I hope you're coming, Andrew. Does that mean you're coming to Travelize? Yeah, well, that's why I said a, a month or so. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's my plan for sure is to be, be in Tulum at the end of March. March 25th. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I may go to uh, to the West Coast, over to like the Mazinte and Puerto Escondido um, at the, the first of March. Uh, my friend has a retreat over there, I think around 13th, uh, and then, then maybe head to Tulum. And, uh, yeah. I hear Puerto Escondido is amazing. Yeah, it's like the it's like the surfer vibes and the California vibes in Mexico. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. more chill than, than the east coast there where Saluna is 
what's that? Yeah. Well, what, what a great time to be alive that we can travel. We really are. I mean, I think the physical expression of what is happening sh is showing our spiritual um, evolution where it's the collective is so important and we're able to travel everywhere. We're just constantly networking. We have these uh, devices that allow us to connect from very far away. And this is like the time we are connected. There's no negating that. <laughs> So I'm so I'm I'm kind of jealous and I'm also going to Costa Rica like in a week. So I'm also excited to do that. And so we'll share really fun stuff when you're down here. Yeah, absolutely. And all of you guys are connected to us and are you're now connected as a listener to both Cassandra and I's experience. So um, just through this platform, this podcast. So I'm super grateful for that. And yeah, it's an amazing time to be alive. So yeah, thank you guys so much for, for giving your time and attention to this conversation and much love and peace. And we'll see you in the next episode. Absolutely.